Feast High. Welcome back, folks. It's Wildcat Minute, where we talk about High School Musical 2, one minute at a time. My name is Condra. And my name is Tyler. And together we are the Amateur Nerds, here today to talk about Minute 12 of High School Musical 2. Minute 12 starts out with Sharpay parking her convertible, and ends with Fulton explaining about how they will be expanding the trophy case. Yeah, wait, before we jump into the minute, Condra, I want to ask, do we need to do we need to change the intro to the show now that we're not actually at East High anymore? What up, Lava Springs <laughs> members? <laughs> <laughs> what up, club members? <laughs> no, I'm going to stick with East High because we're still the East High Wildcats. Yeah. Even if we're not in school right now. Yeah, once a Wildcat, always a Wildcat, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, Sharpay parks the car in the little the little circle that where the valets all run up to greet them. Yeah, there's like four bellhops like waiting. Did they like get a call in like we're a half hour out and they're like crap, let's get ready. Evan's imminent. Like <laughs> they should have gotten the guy from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody who plays the bellhop concierge. Yes. And Emilio. Got him to be yeah, gotten him to be one of the valets. That would have been amazing. A cameo here. That would have been fun. That would have been awesome. Actually, I love that idea. Let's go back in time and walk into the casting department and be like, hey, we have a great idea. Make me a producer, cowards. Yeah, cowards. We were only like 10 at the time. Make us producers. <laughs> I was 13, but like. So one of the, one of the um, valets played by Charles Hayek. His name in the movie is Charles, so who knows what's going on. He doesn't have any other acting credits on IMDb, so he might just be a random guy from the lot. Yeah. He t- he tells Mr. and Mrs. Evans. No. no what, is, Mi- what does he call them? Mr. and Miss e- or Miss Evans, okay. Mr. Evans. Yeah, okay. <laughs> not Mr. and Mrs. Evans. No, uh, anyway, they're not married, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he says that they're looking sharp, which is a weird compliment to give, like, fashionistic teenagers i mean he probably is nervous doesn't know how to interact with them other than like knowing she cares a lot about her appearance so like okay i'm gonna comment on her appearance and sharp is a tame enough like yeah i guess it's i guess it's not creepy like looking hot miss evans exactly (laughs) looking slay queen (laughs) that would have been so good if this scene was made today, it would have um, been Slay Queen. Sharp, it is Sharpay Evans Slay. Eh, she. I don't know. She's got a couple outfits in this movie that may we may call she, them Slay. Sharpay Evans is the epitome of a girl boss. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and she's doing that gatekeeping. She's. Yeah. She's all over the place. Um. Uh, anyway, so, the other yeah. the the other theory. Sorry, real quick. The other theory mm-hmm. was that he says looking sharp because sharp is like the first part of Sharpe. Hey, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the bellhops are all running around. Uh, Charles opens the door. It's actually kind of nice that Sharpe knows his name. If you think I mean, about he has it, a name tag written right there. I mean, you think she reads? <laughs> True. We don't have any any evidence that. Oh, we do have evidence that she can read because she yeah. read the um the, the cast list. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is like how in Harry Potter in the first movie never actually casts a spell with his wand. Yeah, but I mean, it's still she the way she doesn't look down at his name tag. 
she she probably knows a few of the people here, but like for her to address it by the name, like we speculated and joked around in the last movie that she d- wouldn't know her housekeeper's names and wouldn't know how to speak to them. Yeah, okay, fair enough. So, and I think just the casual way she said it, it was like, I think there's a power dynamic there too because she called him by just his first name and yeah. he had to address her as Miss Evans. Yeah, that, that 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 is like still a power play. Like, well, he she knows his name, but there's still like a condescension to calling someone by their first name. Very like um, class system reminiscent of slavery type thing. Yes. The other bellhops are all running around grabbing her luggage and um, she goes into the back seat of her car and pulls out a little dog carrier and pulls out a dog. Yeah. Um, Which I, so you have information on. What what kind of dog is it? I thought you looked that up. You said you looked up the dog. It's a little, it's just like a little brown dog with like long hair. It's like, a, it's like a miniature dog. It's not a poodle though. Um, uh. all, I, all I found out was the, was the name of the actor's name, Condra. Oh. The dog actor is Manly Ortega, presumably the pet of Kenny Ortega. It is the pet of Kenny Ortega, I can tell you that. And Manly Ortega's nickname is Little Pickles. Adorable. So when Sharpay pulls the dog out of the, the dog carrier, she's like, hello, boy. And that's actually the dog's name is Boy. Oh, in the, in the movie? In the movie. It's spelled B-O-I, though. Oh, no. <laughs> 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 what? And apparently, what? um, this dog has also made appearances in Hannah, Mo- or it's mentioned in Hannah Montana. It has an animated cameo in House of Mouse and in Kim Possible, and then also was a guest on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. The fictional dog boy or Manly Ortega? Uh, fictional dog boy. What? <laughs> <laughs> Why? And uh, just so I, I looked up the dog uh, type as well, and it's a Yorkshire Terrier, which is what I thought. So in in Disney canon, in Disney there's, a, canon. there's a dog named Boy. Boy Evans, yep. Boy Evans, who is canonically the dog of Sharpay Evans. Correct. So he shows up in in Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. Yes. Is it is this like an episode where Sharpay Evans shows up? I don't know. But I'm just, just seeing Boy it on Evans the Disney wiki. I could I could see that like there's like an episode where like the dog checks into the hotel, but like there's no human accompanying it, so they like have to take care of the dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but House of Mouse, that's like animated. What exactly? It's an animated <laughs> cameo, which is a hundred percent what I'm looking up after this. If you find the link, we can post it in the um, yeah description. Uh, yeah, so I just dug a little more because I thought you had looked up the type of dog. So, um, yeah, so, so Yorkshire Terrier, and it's got its little hair up, and it's wearing a matching outfit to Sharpay that they're wearing baby blue today. She switched it up from the pink. Maybe she didn't want to take all the pink from her car and was like, okay, yeah. I'll wear blue today. Ryan's got like a like a sweater vest with stripes and a hat. Yeah. He's also got like a blue He's got blue tones, on. but not blue it's like blue and gray right yeah the hat's got some pinks and yellows in it as well and it's not so much a sweater vest but like popped collar polo kind of deal it looks okay i can tell it's not ryan's strongest outfit no yeah it's definitely a yeah it's a popped collar polo with some stripes like um, different width stripes and like a blue a darker blue shorts yeah this is not his 
best, I will say. But it is still pretty, it's pretty cash. Yeah, pretty cash. So they um, pop up out of the car and uh, Sharpay requests, I guess request is a polite way of putting it, demands that (laughs) her car be parked in the shade. And someone from a distance, as we pan the cameras, like, even if we have to plant a tree... And we finally see Mr. Fulton's face. Miss Fulton sounds too much like Bolton. Well, we don't know his first name, so we can just continue calling uh, Mr. Bolton Mike or Jack, his actual name. But I know you like to call him Mike, so. (laughs) We like Mike. That's what I say. And Fulton is wearing a warmer or like a cooler shirt. It's not blue per se, but it's it's in that blue purple zone. He's got like under- a tan blazer on, right? And yeah, he's got he's got tan, yeah. But his shirt underneath, so he's in the same color family as Ryan and Sharpay. Aw, color family. I and just Sharpay, I just really believe in family. I can tell. And Sharpay is like Fulton, not Mister Fulton, just Fulton. Which is also weird. <laughs> People go by their last names, like like in um. Like in The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, do they always call him Mr. Mosby or do they just call him Mosby sometimes? Oh, fair. Fair, fair, fair. Nope, good point. You got me there, Ty. Oh, I got you. You're canceled, Condra. Sorry. <sighs> Have to do the rest of the podcast by myself now. Good luck. Anyway, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I know there are people who solo um, movies by minute podcasts, but... <laughs> Someone who's never seen the movie. movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then we get, uh, so Troy is talking to Gabriella, and it seems like they like each other. I'm not really sure where this is going, but I guess we'll just see. That was me enacting what it would be like if I was on the podcast by myself. Or, I have no idea when this song will end. There's no end in sight. Dear God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, it would be a more negative show if it was yeah. just me. Because, not, be, not because I have an inherent dislike of the movies, but just because I would have <laughs> nothing <laughs> to save me. <laughs> and Sharpay and Ryan like get welcomed back, and Sharpay's like, it's good to be home. And then she walks by Fulton, and he sprays his mouth? Yeah, it's like... <laughs> Making sure he's like freshened up for the the fancy kids, I don't or or did or, or did Sharpay breathe too hard on him and he's like, ooh, now my breath smells bad. Well, he looks a little annoyed. Like he's doing it definitely like with not joy in his. I mean, who sprays stuff in their mouth with joy? But and this is like a joke from like 2007, where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, someone's spraying things in their mouth because. They are, they're like a wimpy nerd who thinks that if their breath smells good, then they'll pick up chicks. So it's just kind of like transferred over to this like, oh, this is like a nerdy guy. He has a high pitched voice and he probably smells bad. So I don't know. I don't think I don't read him like that. I read him as like a classy type, but it's like a fake classy. Oh, yeah. He's he's like he's trying to be refined, but he doesn't know how. Okay, I get that. Like, for his shirt and tie to be the same color kind of thing. Like, it's a choice. Um, But while he's taking a... Maybe he's also, like, this is, like, a mint thing to calm him down. Because, like, people use, like, essential oils and stuff to, like, 
help keep their like emotional states. Yeah, maybe he's dosing on CBD. Yeah, never know. Maybe he's like, dear God, maybe it's like <laughs> vodka, and he's just right. <laughs> He's like, oh, the kids are back. Let's start this. And no one knows. They think it's like a mint oil or something. But nope, it's vodka. Wow. Kondra, I was not expecting you to say that. I like um, this idea. I I like the idea of Sharpay as this Harry Potter-esque figure who only feels home at the, the place that isn't her home. When she leaves Lava Springs, she says, I'm not going home. Not really. <laughs> I mean, it's an extension of her home, I think, in the same way, like, people that have a lake house or something. It's their home. It's a secondary home. It's for those rich people that can have multiple houses. (laughs) Okay, yeah, whatever, rich people. A country club isn't your home, Sharpay. (laughs) But her parents own it, and they probably, like, live there during the summer, so... I guess it's it's like if you go to Disney and you're like, I'm finally home. It's like a place that provides you comfort, but it's not like your house. Yeah. But also she probably gets doted on and treated like it's her home. She gets like that at East High, though. Well, yeah. <laughs> she just never leaves home. She's always at home. <laughs> There's no place like home. Anyway, they walk inside and yeah. they start talking about these flyers for the... I don't know. what. Can you describe what's going on? <laughs> So, um, presumably, based on the information we've gathered, there's a midsummer talent show that occurs based on the fact that Sharpay said she has to audition amateur performers, and this year she's limiting them to 30 seconds each. And there's also a trophy involved called the Star Dazzle Award, which is definitely the name of the award that, like, five-year-old Sharpay would have come up with. (laughs) <laughs> it's like let's call it the star dazzle award and she's won it every year since basically um so yeah i think the flyers and there's like a poster behind them says yeah it's a midsummer night's talent show yeah yeah and uh fulton embossed the flyers this year and sharpay yeah. starts signing them with her initials in a pink marker that looks the same as the se that we're on that was on her car Embossing flyers sounds fancy, but it is very impractical and pointless. Pointless? 100%. That's that's not what embossing is for. It's not to make things fancier. I, like, you can, but usually it's just to, like, mark something down as, like, ownership. Or, yeah. like, as, a, like, a seal of, like, confirmation. That's, like, what a notary would do. Or if it is for embossing for a decorative purpose, there's usually a different material involved like when i do embossing on cards it's usually because there's like a metallic leaf or it it gives it a different both texture and dimension to it that can play with light and shadow yeah fulton step to our arts and crafts knowledge yeah what now did you notice that sharpay is signing these flyers with her left hand oh yeah i did not notice that but i think we've seen her sign with her left hand when she was signing yearbooks i thought we saw that too Maybe. And we commented and on that. Name on, she wrote her name on the audition form with her left hand? Yeah. All right. Cool. Lefty representation, so important. Absolutely. Got Ned Flanders and Sharpay Evans. <laughs> it's a good crew. They're Ned definitely Flanders a duo. Ned Flanders and Sharpay Evans would get along, yeah. Oh, 100%. Um, Ned Flanders would simp for Sharpay. Oh, yeah. 
Ned would simp for anyone. <laughs> um, so while they're while she's signing, um, they're talking about these a- auditions, and Sharpay looks for the word. She's like, "Yeah, amateur auditions can be so." And Fulton steps in with draining, and it's like, did she take a note from Darbus's book? And she's like, "You know what? I only need to have them sing like three notes before I can tell them no or not." Like, yeah, I mean, you're giving her the benefit of the doubt. I I was just gonna say, "Wow, Sharpay is not articulate." enough to finish her sentences or she's so reliant on the help that that she waits for them to she like she realizes she doesn't have to finish her sentences because they'll finish them for her yeah i I wonder if she was looking for a way to do it tactfully and was like (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not going to say the word that will actually make it insulting i'll let somebody else say that yeah it's like how brendan yuri when he does um I write sins, not tragedies. Any like in Panic at the Disco now, when they're performing it live, he does not say the derogatory term towards women. He has the audience sing it. So, and he will say, "I said it, not you," or uh, "You said it, not me," kind of thing. Like, so I don't know the situation you're talking about, but I believe you. I just don't know Panic at the Disco songs off the top of my head like you do. I'm wearing both a Panic at the Disco sweatshirt and T-shirt right now. Wow. Unintentional today. It's cold out. It feels like it's, fall. <laughs> it's October now, Condra. It's Spooktober. I know. Well, I have one more note, and then we can move into something more Spooktobery. Yeah, there's just all this stuff about like the the trophies. Like she's like, oh, if I win again, and then and um, Ryan clears his throat, and she's like, yeah. we. And I like how yeah. Ryan forces her to correct herself. Well, Ryan doesn't have any other dialogue in this minute. <laughs> no, he only clears his throat as as a point of emphasis. But I like how he and Fulton share a couple looks, like when Sharpay is going on about how <laughs> draining it is and stuff. Like, oh, isn't she a lot? <laughs> Being around Sharpay is draining, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was all I had was the Ryan interjection. Yeah, and then they're gonna they're gonna expand the trophy case to fit all the trophies when she wins again. Like I don't know. It's stupid. it's weird <laughs> that they buy a new trophy every year because a lot of times you just like circulate the same trophy and you just have like a plaque with the people's name on it. Yeah, for each year. Yeah, it's a good point. Like the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I guess it's yeah. the difference between the the Stanley Cup and the, the World Series trophy where they make a new one every year. I don't know. Yeah. It could go either way. Yeah, I guess just I was thinking like golf tournaments at like clubs and stuff, like country clubs and stuff. There's usually like a single trophy and just like a plaque of all the winners. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah, not really much. I guess we're introducing the idea of the, the talent show thing that might come up later in the movie, but... It still doesn't really feel like a lot's happening plot-wise. It's just kind of like characters walking around and talking. <laughs> a lot of setup happening. Yeah. I hope we get a musical number soon. That'll really pick pick up the energy again. Yeah. Well, just you wait, Ty. One's coming right around the corner. Wow. Just around the river bend. Hey, speaking of nope. Disney movies. Nope. It'll be fabulous. Oh, boy. Speaking of Disney movies, though, Condra, I heard you've got a DCOM of the Week segment prepared. I do. And I was thinking about Disney Channel and the Disney Company and what they love doing with their movies. And you know what they love doing? They love taking mediocre middle grade books 
and turning them into weird movies. So I thought we could try that ourselves, but not with a mediocre middle grade book because we have standards here on Amateur Nerds. I mean, I feel like most of the books they adapt are though, like the ones that become popular because they're rather good. The last one they did was the one and only Ivan, which was, it was a Newbery Award winner, but a Newbery Award winner 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> and Flora but- and Ulysses, and they have that one that they did Artemis Fowl, which is like... 16 years old like that book series is ancient in middle grade terms yeah but like it takes it takes it takes middle fiction like a a while to like build up steam like not everything's harry potter where it's like popular like as soon as it comes out or percy jackson yeah yeah you need a few years to build the fan base and also like nickelodeon is also just as guilty of these adaptations they did swindle like yeah but they also did wonder which was a smash hit right away, and then the but movie Wonder was... was a theatrical release. Yeah, no. So we just because they're all over the place with these yeah, these middle yeah. grade books. So I, I I think it's interesting to think of how these studios would adapt random middle fiction books, and that's what this segment is all about, as I presume. Exactly. So I thought about it. Thought about a middle fiction book that had not been. Oh, and if you're interested, middle fiction. Uh, middle grade fiction is your third to sixth grade level. Um, so you're eight to 11 year olds. So they're not learning how to read and they're not quite middle school age. So some intense stuff does not necessarily happen. Yeah. Th- these are chapter books that are like length- lengthy. They're, they're usually like 200 pages, no pictures or sometimes pictures, but like occasionally. Yeah. So I was thinking about uh, a classic middle fiction that has never been adapted to a movie. And I thought, you know, it just doesn't hold enough spice for Disney Channel today. So let's spice it up so it'd be marketable for Disney Channel today. And it is Spooktober. So I'm thinking, let's make (laughs) the middle fiction book Frindle by Andrew Clements. Kind of a spooky movie. Okay. So, to explain the plot of Andrew Clements' Frindle, um, Andrew Clements is is famous for just writing about kids in middle school doing... Or late, late elementary, a lot of fifth grade stuff. Yeah, late elementary school doing regular things. There's usually, like, one special kid who does something a little out of pocket and then drama happens around them. They're... I guess melodramatic would be a term. Yeah. They're not like, they're, they're like, but they're books about kids in school. They're realistic fiction. Yeah. Um, um, and <laughs> realistic to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Frindle came out in 1996, too, just so. So, Frindle is a book about a young lad who is fed up with the way that society works. Um, <laughs> and he <Relatable>. says, <laughs> he says, nothing nothing you teach me is real we can we kids can be creative and we can define how the world works we don't have to have people tell us how the world works like like this pen i'm holding why is it called a pen what if we just started calling it a frindle and so that's what they do is they start calling a pen a a frindle and then the teacher gets mad is like no you have to call it a pen because frindle's not a real word and you'll never amount to anything young man you're just gonna be a nobody forever and the whole Frindle thing really catches on and it he becomes famous and starts his own company. 
um, selling frindles. Um, so basically reworking society to understand this word as the object. And the book ends with the with the teacher kind of apologizing by she sends him a letter and a dictionary with the entry him a frindle in it that has the word frindle in it defined to mean a pen. <laughs> so we, we have to turn this into a horror movie. This this not is a, not a horror movie, but like a. a, a Disney Channel spooky movie. So like spooky season. So like Cinepl- like the the Phantom of the Cineplex or Megaplex or Mr. Boogity. Like we just got to add a ghost basically. I think what's easy about it is you make the you make the teacher a sort of nurse ratchet figure. Mm. Where she's like so obviously in my in my retelling of it I kind of overdramatized some of the points but that basically is like the emotional plot of the movie yeah yeah no definitely um but if if the teacher was like really like cruel like like another brick in the wall part two like or like the trunch bowl from matilda yeah yeah like if she was really like laying down the law like anyone who says frindle instead of pen will be thrown in the chokey (laughs) and then it just becomes kind of like a dystopian like a teen dystopia (laughs) Yeah, where they're they're, although I'm wondering, could we change it from like a frindle or a pen to something else? Like maybe instead of a pen, it's like oh, we see this creature or we we experience this phenomenon <laughs> that we've made up a word for it, and the teachers are like, no, it doesn't exist. You're lying. How dare you lie? This isn't a bad idea. I was I was also thinking that Frindle was like instead of being a pen is like a sword or something, but I like your idea better. I just I was thinking of like how do we get this like creature kind of into it because it definitely it needs a creature for the spooky season. No, I like I like your idea and I like the idea that the teacher is like the evil figure, except we don't know the teacher is evil. At the beginning, we at, at the beginning of the the movie, we think that the Frindle is evil, mm-hmm. but it turns out that they they meet the Frindle ghost or monster or whatever, and it turns I think out it's that the Frindle is actually type. good. The Frindle is actually good, and is if they expose the Frindle, they will expose the conspiracy that the teachers have been trying to cover up. There's like a secret monster at the school who does good deeds. Yeah, and the the teachers are are trying to find the monster and kill it, but they don't want the kids to know about it, and they don't want the kids to talk about it at all. Yeah, so it's like a boarding school instead of public school. And maybe maybe Frindle is like I was also thinking that like Frindle is like a magic word that has like powers. Mm. So maybe by saying Frindle, it's kind of like um, uh, Candyman or or the or the Bye Bye Man, where it's like if you say it. It'll appear or something. Or I wonder, could Frindle be like a, maybe not like a summoning word, but like a, like a, the beginning of Labyrinth, that's the phrase you need to say to make the event start to happen. Like they find, like in Harry Potter, Half-Blood Prince, like they find a, like in the margins of an old book, they find like, beware the Frindle, like when all seems lost, call for Frindle. And like, <laughs> they come up with the phrasing for friend, like how to summon the Frindle, and then they realize, oh, it's not this like boogeyman kind of thing. It's a it's a good thing. Yeah. So we have our we have our one special boy who gets is getting. I know the word is loaded, but uh, a little too uppity for the teacher. Yeah. 
And is it she, still going like, to be? Do we want to still call him Nicholas? That was his name in the original book. Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So there's Nicholas and he's the one who's like causing trouble because he won't just obey. All the other students are obeying, but he won't. And he doesn't even know about Frindle yet, but he like gets sent to the principal's office. And while he's sitting there, he like sees, he like sees a paper it, like what if under he sees the principal's. It, like, carved on the wall or something. I was thinking he like sees it like under something on the principal's desk. Oh, while the principal walked out and he's like, what's Frindle? And then he like goes to the bathroom and he says Frindle and like Frindle appears in the bathroom and he's the only one who sees it. And then the next day in in class, he asks the teacher, what's Frindle? And Mm. he goes, no, never say that again. And she sends him out again. And he's like, oh, no. And then he starts talking about it outside of school. And they realize when you talk about Frindle outside of school, Frindle doesn't appear. Frindle is only in school. Mm. And the climax of the movie um, after the kids have sort of learned that Frindle is like a good force, the climax of the movie is all the kids chanting Frindle, 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 and Frindle appears at like the the auditorium assembly and drives all the teachers away, and the kids cheer, yeah, yeah. And I think they've been gathered in the assembly because they are trying to qua- in like a. You remember the the wave, the book, the wave. Um, I don't remember the book, The Wave. I remember the the TV special, The Wave. Yeah, no, same same thing. Okay. So they start like rallying together and they're like, we need to quash this before it gets out of hand. <laughs> Wait, we can't just bring up The Wave because there's this whole, that's, the, that's this whole other deep dive rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, our, um, well, it's banned books week. So that's why The Wave is on my mind. <laughs> the Wave, for those of you guys who don't know, listeners, is a book about um, this teacher who's trying to explain to his students how all of the Nazis agreed, like the civilian Nazis, like would join up, join up with a cause that was clearly evil or whatever. Yeah, no, it's kind of how the Nazis gained power and how they were able to, with very small, minor things, create what people perceived as a community that they needed to be a part of. So they changed behavioral elements and created this fascist regime. Yeah. So in in the book and the, the movie, the wave, what happens is the teacher like introduces like this club, this like new project that they're working on in the social studies class called the wave. And it's about like building a community and it's basically like a cult's, like it's basically like a Nazi cult and all the kids take it way too seriously and everything goes way too far in the, in the, in the TV special adaptation, things just kind of like mellow out before anyone gets hurt. But the book, things get real bad. Yeah. Um. So maybe not like the full extent, but like there's definitely this like kids versus adults kind of thing, which is very popular in a decom more so in a Nickelodeon special, I think. But DCOM still have that, like, kid versus adult a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Very rural dolly. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So, I think we laid out Frindle pretty good. So there's yeah. no, there's The pen has become a monster. What I, what I think we... What I and think that's we an need, allegory for yeah. the power of words. <laughs> what I, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I think we need is the epilogue where the teacher sends the dictionary. Mm. What... Is is this like the teacher apologizing to Nicholas? So or? I wonder if it's the teacher, like the teacher sends a letter like, I went to this school too and Frindle helped me as well. 
but I thought I was I was made fun of because no one believed me. But seeing all of you kids find Frindle and come together and maybe like this revelation that she her hurt should not have impacted her behavior towards the kids because she had a negative connotation towards Frindle. But Frindle is good, inherently good. And I think that I think that's a good idea because that does reflect the sort of catharsis of the book is like. I thought I, w- I thought I was doing you a favor by giving you realistic expectations of the world, but I should have just let you run wild and be free children. What yeah. I w- what I want to say is, it seems like Frindle should be like exercise not not exercise like his um his his uh, unfinished business is now complete, and so the teacher and Nicholas work together to let Frindle go. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> I like this. I like this. I, I didn't know what this segment was going to be. And so I like the idea of like taking a plot that we know and turning it into something completely different. But it's still the elements are still there. The theme is still there. So I liked this very much. Thank you. Well, thank you. I game. was trying to come up with something that was original as original as everything you did. So, oh, no, this is great. I, I'm glad. I, I look forward to coming up with like touchstones that we both have for other books. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Seasonally so, appropriate books. Yeah. Yeah. Or or not seasonally appropriate. Or not seasonally books. appropriate. <laughs> we make them seasonally appropriate. Um, okay. Any any other things about Frindle or the Wave or High School Musical? <laughs> <laughs> Never did I think I would hear those three stories in one sentence. Oh, I forgot. I forgot in the wave, their motto is strength through discipline, strength through community, (laughs) strength through action, which I still know after like 10 years. (laughs) It sounds a lot like the Karate Kid one, too. No, that's strike first, strike hard, no mercy, Chandra. (laughs) Okay. That's Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai and the wave, very similar communities. All right. I don't have anything else. Do you have anything else? No. (laughs) All right. So let's say people can find us on the internet, on the Twitter, at Amateur Nerds. Or me personally, at Tyler Booty, T-Y-L-E-R-B-O-U-D-Y. You can send us an email to AmateurNerdsPresent at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us your favorite book that you read when you were 10. Maybe we'll talk about it on the show. Yeah. Special thanks to our artist, Theo Golden, at TGoldenArt on Instagram. And our musician, Joe Winslow, whom you can find at joewinslowmusic.com. I have been Condra. And I've been Tyler. And we'll see you next time for... You can bet on it? We'll see you next time when Tyler can think of something to say at the conclusion of the episode. You can bet on it.